episode, we are going to be covering feeder formulas. And the format's going to be a little bit different than our typical episodes. It's going to be more of a Q&A format with myself and Sarah asking some of the questions. And then Chessie, she will be telling us all about it. So let's get started. We will begin with Formula 2. So how did it start? So before Formula 2, there was the GP2 series. And in 2017, the FIA and the GP2 series organization decided to like rebrand GP2 and make it more the road to F1. So they created the Formula 2 championship. Um, they wanted it to be like the most competitive single make championship and to be like the actual training ground for Formula 1 and to have that be like the marketing side of it. And they decided on like five core values, um, which is performance, cost control, entertainment, safety, and preparation. So that's how it started. Can you enlighten the whole audience here? What do you mean by single make championship? Yeah, so a single make championship is a series where the cars are the same and the engine is the same. So in F2 and also in F3, all of the car chassis are made by Delara. And in F2, the engine is a Mechachrome engine that's a V6 3.4 litre single turbocharged engine. Um, and that's literally like single make is just all, everyone drives the same car. That's literally all it is. That's interesting. So there isn't a team championship. You would think there wouldn't be, but there is. It's not like a constructors championship in the same way, but it is a team championship because while the chassis and the engine is the same, there's still a lot for the teams to do and they can tune the engine and try and cut weight where they can. And in the races that require strategy, they can formulate that. So there is actually a team championship as well. Okay. So where do they race and how many races are there, especially compared to, you know, Formula One? Well, because the whole purpose is to be about the training ground for Formula One, they race at Formula One circuits during F1 weekends, but obviously they don't do it at all of them. So the current race calendar is 14 races um, and they each have a sprint race and a feature race. But the point of being at F1 weekends is so that the drivers in F2 can like showcase their abilities to Formula One teams. And it works as a support event for F1 weekends as well. So regarding the point system, is it the same as F1? So <laughs> you have the sprint race and the feature race <laughs> every week that they race. And the top eight in the sprint are the same. So it's 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 points, respectively, going from first down to eighth. And then the feature race, the points are the same as in Formula One. In F2, you get two points for pole position. But it's the person who starts the feature race on pole, not the person who qualify. Like, this is going to sound really weird. So if somebody qualifies <laughs> in pole on the Friday, but they then get a penalty and they start five places back, they don't get the two points. It's the person who's then promoted to pole who gets the two points, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Yeah. I like it. Wow. I think we covered pole position. So let's talk about then how our grid set, because so... I know I have a little knowledge about Formula 2 and feeder formulas. Obviously, Chess here is our resident one. The grid set. 
I think is one that's very easily easy to be confused by when you start watching feeder formulas. Yeah. So for the sprint race, the grid, the grid is determined by reversing the top 10 from Friday's qualifying session because they qualify, they do their qualifying on the Friday and they have the sprint race on the Saturday. So the people who qualify in the top 10, they literally reverse it. So if you're P10 in qualifying on the Friday, you start P1 in the sprint race. And for the feature race, it's just the order from qualifying. And it's when people talk about changing the format of the sprint race in Formula One and talking about the reverse grid, that's what they're talking about. Hmm. I kind of like that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's like an incentive if you really want the sprint race, like yeah. I'm just going to qualify yeah. P10. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Which obviously is not what they do because they're all competitive and want to qualify yeah. if you want. But... Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is the typical weekend format? Like, is it similar to that F1 format? or It's similar in that they have free practice, they have qualifying and they have a race. But on the Friday, they only have one free practice session which is 45 minutes, and then they have their qualifying session, which is 30 minutes. On the Saturday, they then have the sprint race, and that can either be 120 120 kilometers or 45 minutes, and it's whichever comes first. And often you get a lot of safety cars, so it's the 45 minutes is usually where it goes. And then on Sunday, they have the feature race, which is 170 kilometers or 60 minutes. Again, whichever comes first, and again safety cars play into it heavily the next two because obviously points yes big part of big part of racing what are the maximum points that a driver can score in a weekend and a maximum points that a team can score in a weekend so if the driver manages to start the feature race on pole they get the two points if they win the feature race they get the 25 and then they get the extra point for the fastest lap and then the sprint race so 39 and the team is 65 because obviously okay. they don't get the, yeah. You can't get two first places. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, you can't <laughs> double it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. No, as much as some teams might want to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I know in F1, they have, the drivers are required to have a special license. What level i guess do they need for f2 so it's below the super license so super license in f1 is what they need but in f2 the rules are you have to have either a grade a or a grade b license and we can put like links to where you can find out more information on these um in the description and then there's the minimum age of 17 years old to compete in formula 2 now okay i'm very passionate about tires If you don't know me very passionate about the tire compounds chessie would you enlighten the audience about the tires in f3 um one of the f2. interesting things about the tires actually is they were changed in 2020 so they became the 18 inch pirelli tires in 2020 ahead of formula one making the switch to them so they were kind of showing that they're the proofing ground for formula one a bit more with that And then the tyres, in the sprint race, there's no compulsory pit stop. But in the feature race, there is. And it's the same as Formula 1. Like, they have to change compounds. And obviously, this changes if it's a wet race, as it does in Formula 1. 
Um, and it's the same. They have three three main options of tires, just like in Formula One. So it is it is similar. It's just interesting. Do they s- use DRS as well? Yeah, you would think that because the cars are the same, they wouldn't need to, because in theory everyone the engine and the car is the same so why do you need drs the racing should be super close all the time but they do use drs um and it's the same principle as it is in formula one um and the same safety rules apply one of the interesting bits about the overtaking in drs in formula two i think is we know that when we're watching formula one and you're looking at the timing when two drivers are close to each other and they're about to come up to the drs and you see it's like 0.3 you can be fairly confident the overtake's going to happen. Whereas in F2, it's almost like 0.1 second difference for that overtake to work. Um, so it's, it's a lot closer margins with it. But the DRS still still there. I just don't think it's as powerful as the DRS is in Formula 1. Okay. Upgrades. Big thing mm-hmm. across Formula 1 season. So the teams aren't designing the cars and engines. We know that. Can they upgrade them at all? No, actually. So there are no individual developments, no individual upgrades permitted in F2. Any spare parts have to be purchased from the F2 championship organizers and any repairs of like the components have to be carried out by Delara. And this is just to make sure like integrity across all of the teams. It's like a scrutineering thing. So the car you get at the start is the car you get at the start. Like you just got to fine tune. <laughs> Yeah, it's it certainly makes the racing very interesting because it's so much depends on the driver's ability. More so than in Formula One. And more evidently in than in Formula One. Yeah. Okay. So how many teams are there? And then how many drivers are in F2? So there are eleven teams which Andretti look at probably being like, see, you got it in Formula 2, and that's the training ground, have 11 in Formula 1. And each team has two drivers in Formula 2, so 22 drivers. I had to do the math there. Nice. The liveries, Jesse. Can we talk about the liveries? We can. It's really confusing when you start watching F2. Um, every team has its own livery, just like in Formula 1. But... The teams in Formula One have their driver academy drivers in Formula Two very often. And some of the Formula One teams like their driver academy drivers to use the Formula One livery to show. So Red Bull is a prime example. So the drivers in F2 who are Red Bull Academy drivers all drive with race ball livery. So when you have the same car and multiple drivers, I think it was like six Red Bull drivers. It could be really difficult to see who's who. Um, not every team does this. Ferrari driver academies, they don't put the Ferrari livery on the car. They just have like a sticker that goes on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly very difficult to figure out who's who in the races. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one, I that, that part I don't love when I watch no. it. I don't think you should be like, like, just have it on the wing. Like, yeah. Or a sticker. Yeah. They, they can wear the, the suit, like the, the overalls, the racing suit. Yeah. I get I get why the academies like that, want that, but I 
from a fan perspective, every time I've watched, it it's the one thing that I think confuses me. Yeah. Still, to this day, because you really have to put in effort to be like, who is that? You've got to rely heavily on the timing sheets and hoping that the camera is actually showing you or something. <laughs> The pundits have actually said who you're looking at or that you can see the number um, on the car. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a pain. At least this season, Red Bull only have two academy drivers, so it won't be as bad. That's good. But it would be nice if they just always drove for the same team because then it would just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know which team I'm watching. That sounds nice. So it seems not all F1 teams do that. Correct. No, Ferrari don't. So Ollie Behrman is a Ferrari driver academy um, driver, and he is at Prema, and Prema use their own livery, and Ferrari just stick a sticker on it saying Ferrari driver academy. Um, and then McLaren didn't previously have any drivers in Formula Two, so it'll be interesting to see if they have the McLaren livery. But I would imagine McLaren would probably just stick a sticker as well. But I could be wrong. We'll see. Okay. So, obviously, there's not always a lot of spots open to move up in Formula One. Um, There's not always a lot of spots in other racing teams, depending on, you know, whose contract, or other racing series, depending on which contracts are up. Um, So what? I mean, I know. But what happens if you win that championship but a seat isn't open or you can't go anywhere. Yeah, I think a lot of people had that question when Oscar Piastri won in his rookie yep. season of F2 and then was yep. suddenly a reserve driver at Alpine. Like, why couldn't he just continue racing in F2? Because you're not allowed. If you win the championship in F2, you can't race in that category for the two subsequent years after winning. Like, you have to leave the formula. So you don't have any, like, multi-champions um in f2 so if there isn't a seat available you can become hopefully a reserve driver like felipe Drogovic did and oscar piastri did or you look to other formulas like liam lawson going to super formula some drivers go to formula e some go to indycar um it's Mm. it's particularly difficult if there aren't seats available in formula one because you don't get to stay in that in that series anymore so it's a bit it's cutthroat Great job. in that way. Get out. Like, yeah, thanks yeah. for winning any rookie season, get out. It's, so there's a lot of discussion yep. about is it actually worth your while winning in your rookie season? Yeah. And I would say a lot of this comes down to timing. If there's a seat becoming available, yeah, because you show how good you are and you're competitive and that's what you want to do. But it's it can be really difficult, right. especially if there's no seats in Formula E, IndyCar, Super Formula no reserve drivers no reserve yeah. driver yeah. positions available so it's it's a tough one yeah it's a bit unfair so as we know f1 drivers they get paid kind of varies performance like well lewis hamilton to like rookie drivers the pay is yep. very different do yep. f2 drivers get paid no in fact they have to pay to race so in f2 the drivers have to pay the teams to race to have a seat and the money that they do earn is 
very much from like sponsorships, personal sponsorship. So the average I think is between like 50 to 150,000 euros per season. That's if they're lucky. And it's, it's not easy to get that level of sponsorship. It's, it's really, really competitive in that. And yeah, you have to pay in order to participate, which doesn't seem very fair. While we're on that topic, let's, I think we've all seen like Liam Lawson talking about how much money it cost him. I know the idea of like pay drivers and oh, they were rich, it was easy. But can we just talk about how much it costs across the board for everyone and why you get people that are more wealthy driving? Can we, you want to yeah. give us that, that average, Jesse? <laughs> it's between two and three million euros a year that the driver has to pay the team. It's, it's a lot of money. And I think a lot of people have, like Liam Lawson and other Formula 2 drivers, like former Formula 2 drivers have talked about it, that you've got to find this money somewhere. And a lot of the times, if you are from a wealthy family, they already have connections. If you are from a poorer family it can be really difficult to make those connections. And you have to remember how expensive it is in karting to start. Like all through karting, you've got to be paying an obscene amount of money. And then to get into Formula 2, two to three million euros is an astonishing amount to have to raise. Knowing that you're not even going to break even at the end of it with personal sponsorship. And you pay for your own hotels your food your travel it's not like this is covered that pays for the car and the seat that's it so it's there is definitely a barrier a socioeconomic barrier in the feeder formula which definitely needs to be addressed because it doesn't yeah it doesn't really promote inclusivity and diversity when you're Mm -hmm basically excluding people unless you can find someone to give you three million euros to start <laughs> not the easiest task to do wants yeah if someone wants to give me three million, million euros, euros you just I'll let me know <laughs> yeah like, oh i wouldn't be able to get that car off the starting line like no. i'm sorry like you could put me in that car and i'd just be sat there like well this isn't going anywhere <laughs> like i think it's a fantastic ugh. experiment yeah, if someone to wants to, if someone wants to, you know, put up an experiment where we, I don't think I'm getting that license. To <laughs> try, <get it. laughs> try, try to get an F two car to move. <laughs> like, yep. Oh, yeah, that would be bad. Yep. I think I could get it to move. It's just how far would it actually move? I could, I could roll it a little. I think I could get it to move. I'm not gonna say anything about where. Or what it is moving to, into, hitting, I, destroying. I think if I if it was in neutral, I was outside of the car and pushing it, I could get it to move. <laughs> I don't think I could get it to move if I was sat in the car. Like, it wouldn't matter. Like, that thing, I'm not getting that thing moving. I know it. If it's on the back of a truck, I can get it to move. But, yeah. That would be an interesting experiment. Yep. I like I'm that willing idea. to I'm willing to run it. I'm willing to be part of it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go find a F two car. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they cost two to three million euros, but let's just find one lying around. Oh, that would be bad. Listen, it's we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm manifesting it for us. It'll work. Put it on the board. Put it on the vision board. Yeah. Mood board. 2024 mood board. Yep. Awesome. Destroy the car. Change your car. All right. (laughs) Will you change your car? Because Jacob's been saying the car is fine. You're welcome, Caitlin. That is not related to F2 or our next topic. No. Which is shockingly F3. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have guessed? Who would have thought it followed it? We started with F2, so we're going to take even a further step back. F3. Yes. Chessie, would you like to talk about when F3 started for us? Yeah, so F3, similar to F2, there was a championship that existed before, and it was the GP3. And it was in 2019 that the FIA combined the GP3 series and the European F3 series as that existed. Um, And it was just to create the next rung down on the road to F1 ladder. And it's supposed to be... Just like F2 is the training ground for F1, F3 is the training ground for F2. Um, and it's an opportunity for the drivers to to show their skills to the F2 drivers and ultimately to F1 teams, not drivers. <laughs> the F2 teams <laughs> and the F1 teams. Nice. So is it the same as F2? In many ways it's similar in that it's it's the single make championship and again the car is made by Delara and the engine is a mechachrome but it's six cylinder 3.4 liters um and the format you've still got a sprint race and a feature race so it is there are a lot of similarities to formula two gotcha okay so you said weekend format is it i have two questions here First one, is it pretty much the same weekend format then? The timing, all that jazz. Yes, exactly the same. Um, Except for the, in Formula 2, it's either the time passed or the kilometers reached, whichever happens first. In F3, it's the sprint race is 45 minutes. And the feature race is one hour. But yeah, I realized when we made our question and answer sheet, we missed this. How many races or what is the average race calendar for F3? Is it also identical to F2? No. Or or is with, are there less? There are fewer races in F3 and a lot of the times the drivers will participate in other series as well throughout the year because they're not racing in F3 for the whole year, but it is... In F3, they race at Formula One weekends, so it's another support, but it's not the same number of races um, gotcha. as F2. There's fewer, unfortunately. Are the points the same as F2? Yes, and you even get the two points for pole position. Um, okay. But 
the teams can actually score more points in a race weekend in F3 than they can in F2. How the hell does that <laughs> Because they've got three drivers for every team, not two. So the maximum oh. points a team can score in a race weekend in Formula 3 is 89. Is the license the same as F2? Yeah, so it's grade A or grade B, but you have to be 16 years old as a minimum age in Formula 3, whereas it was 17 in Formula 2. I'm kind of glad that wasn't me at 16, although I think 16-year-old me might have told you. I can do that. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, it's pretty similar, just like a step down, step younger. Are really the engine, the car, and the number of drivers the only differences? No. They don't have to think about pit strategy in Formula 3 because there's no mandatory stops. Um, because the sprint races, like the 45 minutes plus one lap and the feature race, 45 minutes plus one lap, you don't, there's no changing compounds. You can stop. It's not necessarily in your interest to do so. Um, so where people talk about like, you know, pure racing and it's only about the driver's ability and F2 is a great example of that. They do have to in the feature race think about pit strategy. Whereas in F3, a lot of people prefer F3 to watch because it is only about what you can get out of that car on the track. Okay. There's no like, oh, we can undercut here or we can overcut here. It's you get in that car and you've got to perform and it's, it's incredibly difficult. Very entertaining to watch. And there's a lot of safety cars in F3 as well, because they all just want to go for that, (laughs) that one line. Yeah. Safety cars. (laughs) Yeah. Like in Formula 3, you will often see like three, four, five car wide trying to get on the road. And you're like, I don't think you're all going to fit. I don't know the math on this is going to work out. Chief. (laughs) Yeah, the math definitely does not, like, computer error. Computer <laughs> says no. Can't guess from we've gotten to F2, they've gotten through F3, what could possibly be next? F1 Academy. Yep. Our newest formula racing for yes. female drivers. Finally! Yes. We did have the W Series, but that unfortunately stopped. But we just had our first season of Formula 1 Academy, and now we've got the next one coming up. Very exciting, very exciting. Yes. Chessy. I think everyone by now has figured out that there's a theme here that it's a single make championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, but it's not interesting. It's not Delara this time. Um, it's Texas Automobili that make the car. <laughs> um, and the engine is an Alto Technica four cylinder turbo, 1.4 liters. And then you only have five teams, but they each have three drivers, okay. so 15 drivers. Yep. <laughs> and, and how many races, Jesse? 21, but seven rounds. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which that was, so obviously this year was everyone's first time really watching F1 Academy. If it was your second, how? <laughs> Teach me your ways, but how? Um, and they didn't really televise it right away so i believe austin was everyone's first time really getting a chance to witness what was going on yeah the weekend format of this is quite a bit different it is yeah different. it's quite funny because 
in Formula 2 and Formula 3, they only get one free practice session, whereas in F1 Academy, they have two free practice sessions yeah. and two qualifying sessions. But the qualifying sessions are yeah. only 15 minutes. Yeah. And it happens before the first race. Yep. So there's obviously three races. And then there's <laughs> three races. Yeah. And it's the first race is 30 <laughs> minutes plus one lap. So the timer runs down to yep. 30 minutes and you do one more lap. The second mm. one is 20 minutes plus one lap. And then for the third race, you go back to 30 minutes plus one lap. So I guess race two is supposed to be the sprint because it's the shortest one, is it? Seems like it. I don't know. But then the order of it is funky. I I love F1 Academy. Yes. The I had a bit of a headache trying to figure out the schedule. Yeah. And because it was obviously, like, with the others, I like to do all of my research beforehand. I know what I'm walking into. I didn't really know what I was walking into with this one, and I was a bit confused. Yeah, because while they race at Formula everyone One was. tracks, they weren't racing on a Formula One weekend. Right. Yeah. Well, they weren't racing at the same track as the Formula yeah. One weekend was. They were racing at a different track at a Formula One weekend. It was very right. confusing and not televising it meant that people didn't really know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then everyone was confused. Everyone yeah. was confused. Because uh, so, uh, I remember people, everyone was excited to watch. We, you know, I follow a lot of female Formula One or motorsports content creators. Everyone was excited to watch posting yeah. about it. It's a huge win. No one knew, and I think the default was assuming it's going to be similar to the other feeder formulas. Like, I'm, I think that was everyone's just default assumption. Yeah. Even if yeah. there wasn't a reason to assume that, it was the default of, oh, it'll be similar. And then I remember seeing posts of a lot of people that were confused. I was confused. Yeah. I was just like, why can't I watch <laughs> F1 Academy? Why are there three races? And yep. why aren't they racing at the same place that F1, 2, and 3 are racing at right now. Yep. Yep. I mean, I do logistically understand it. You know, there are rules in place between how much time between each series that has to elapse yep. before you can have it. I get that. And you already squeeze in a lot when it's an F3, 2, 1 weekend. So you also add in F1 Academy. They're either going to be racing at night when it's a F1 day race or they're going to be racing during the early hours in the morning when it's an F1 night race. So I, I get it. But could they not schedule it so that it's not happening at the same time as the F1 so that we could watch it on TV? Yeah. yeah. Not just highlight organizational issue. Can, can we talk about the starting grid too for a second? <laughs> because I am sitting here reading all of this out oh. and like I understand it all. I like it all. But every time I get to the points and the starting grids, I have to take a step back for a second and go, okay, this goes here. This piece goes here. This could... Yeah. Can we... Yeah. So, <laughs> the driver Sorry. who gets pole in the first qualifying session starts race one from P1. Perfect. Unless, unless perfect. there's penalties. Perfectly normal. Yes. We love it. <clears throat> the driver who secures pole position in the second qualifying session starts race three from P1. And this is where we're getting back to me saying that race two is kind of like the sprint. 
because yep. in the first qualifying session, the first eight finishers are reversed for race two. <laughs> so it, you've got the reverse grid for race two from the first qualifying session. I hope that helps. And if it doesn't, I don't know how better to explain it. <laughs> no, see, it does. And this is, but this is the thing. When I'm trying to figure out who's starting in what position every time. Yeah. I always have to then work through. I don't mind the like reverse grid stuff. I don't mind the qualifying. It's just then I'm trying to figure out, wait, which qualifying session is the reverse grid for? Which, and I just, I don't, it's probably my brain, honestly. It's that, I'm blaming my brain here. If they I just it, got so used to like, the one the one way of doing things. Yeah. Feature race one, sprint race, yep. feature race two. I think it would yep. be less confusing. I but think it's so. Race one, race two, race three. Like, um, okay, so there's three qualifying sessions. No, there's only two. We're going to reverse the grid for the second race. Like, <laughs> okay, they're all the same length, though. No, second one it's, is short. It's like, what, I, what I don't get, then, is why you wouldn't do F the race two but that is race one and then two full length feature races yeah i guess it's sprint like it spreads it out it keeps it interesting but it uh, yeah yeah it's confusing confusing. nothing against anyone in f1 or my queen susie wolf but just i just have a couple questions about why we oriented things the way that we did and it could just be a naming convention like just i think that's it make it so that the second race is the sprint race because i think people and naming of things we get a little bit particular about them so i think that might be what yeah. this is yep. yeah we really do this is a prime example so yeah maybe when you're like televising f1 academy if the pundits could remind everyone or like at least the first time you <laughs> show it on tv maybe like get a quick before it all starts, here's 10 minutes. Give me the rundown with some animated graphics for just the format, please. Yeah, exactly. And the points exactly. attribution as well would be helpful. Speaking of which. <laughs> oh, we're going to come back to me explaining why F, like the second race is the sprint race. Take it away. So for race one and race three, so feature race one and feature race two, <clears throat> it's the same points as in f1 f2 f3 it's the 25 for first down to the one point for the top 10 there's the two points for qualifying pole well starting from pole position for race one and race three or feature race one and feature race two for race for the actual race two which i call the sprint race it's the sprint race points so only the top eight finishers score points, and it's 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So it's a sprint race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there isn't. Wait a minute. Did we miss it, or am I. There aren't. Um, There isn't like a pole position point for race two, I don't think. No. Or did we forget to put that in? Yeah, no, I was saying, not. I don't think so. Just no. like there isn't in the sprint races, you don't get a, like points for pole position. So it's a sprint race. We just have an issue with the name. Yeah, and there maybe not, the design yeah. of when they put it. Yeah. yeah, and okay, you also can get the point for like fastest lap if you finish in the top ten. We know her. We love That's that. Weird. Yeah, that, that, we're we're used to that. Yep. I mean, I don't love it. 
in any of the yeah, formula okay. because I don't think yeah. it should be limited to the top 10 positions. Like if you set the fastest lap, you set the fastest lap. Yeah. 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 But yeah. But we at least know, we understand. But we know it. We're used to it. It's, it's, we know it. We're used to we're it. creatures mm-hmm. of habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about the tire allocation for Athlon Academy? Is it similar or did they decide to make things confusing? Well, <laughs> again. it's confusing. Seven <laughs> They're allocated three and a half sets of dry weather tires. Um, and one of them has to be carried over from the previous test or event. That's what they mean. Um, and they get two sets of wet tire event uh, per event. So it's similar to the other feeder formulas. And a half. Yep. Why the half? <laughs> because you carry one over. A, like, make it a solid goddamn number, though. <laughs> so you basically get three brand new spanking tires, sets of tires, and right. then you bring one right. set over from the previous event which makes sense i think it's just referring to anything as a half of a yeah. set it yes. just makes you it just feels too tired yeah yeah it's weird because i just don't think with anything else we go use sets half of a set i mean no, in formula one often. we have seen teams show yeah. up in the pit lane with only like right three tires two tires no tires. Yeah. When the car's coming in, which is so what we, might which is assume. when you say half is set, my brain goes to, even yeah. though I know that's not the case. Yeah, definitely. It's a funny Just one. Just one back left, one front, front right. right. We go. Yeah. Well, this leg is going to be very interesting. <laughs> no case. one's going to be moving. <laughs> it's a balance effect, kind of. Oh, yeah. yeah, perfectly balance the car. Yeah. Licenses. Uh, yeah, there's yep. no age restriction on this one. Yeah. Interestingly. And while F2 and F3 it... used grade A and grade B, F1 Academy is B, C, or D of the FIA's licenses. Could you theoretically have a grade A? I mean, if you had a grade A, Wait. yeah. The minimum yeah. you have to hold is <laughs> That's grade what B. I was going to say. I was like... I feel like we're Like, that's the minimum. Yeah. No. Like, you have to have at least yeah. that. And... Yeah. Yep. Yep. I thought there was like an age cutoff. I mean, you can't have five-year-olds in a car. (laughs) No, like, no, an age, like, you can't be, it can't be like a 50-year-old in the car. I think it was like 20, 23, 24 was like. Yeah, there's an upper age. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems a little unfair, but fine. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously... See, I think the thing about the this one is it's the most unknown. Yeah. I don't think we're... Sh- we're not obviously not sh- trying to shit on it in any no. way or act like it's stupid. No. Formula One Academy is incredibly important. It's incredibly important. It I'm is. so glad it's a part of this. Yeah. It's that when you're so used to... And I think this might be what throws some people off from it is you're so used to Formula One. We're used to the Formula... You know, the feeder formulas, even if they, you know, you got started and when you started watching, they were under different names. Like the idea, the premise of it, I think we're really used to those formats. And so then when you add something and it's kind of supposed to feel like it's a part of that feeder formula section, but then it's a very different 
very different, not actually very different, but it's a different format, different structure. It just confuses people. It just gets it a little yeah. off. But getting women into motorsports, into Formula One, into single-seater racing is incredibly important. And so yeah. F1 Academy is a great start, but it's also a start. We need to start further yeah. back, too. We yeah. need more. And that's like a comment that Fred Vassar made in an interview when he was being asked. And all the team principals get asked about F1 Academy, about women in Formula One. Is there a space for them? Would you have a female driver? And I think Fred Vassar made an incredibly important point that a lot of this is about numbers. It's a numbers game. And you've got to go further back. It's not, you can't magically put a female driver into Formula One because of the number of female drivers who have gone through the formulas that are available. You've got to go back to karting. You need to be encouraging young girls to participate in karting, which can mean making it more affordable, but also opening the barriers of this is for you as well. And this is where yeah. F1 Academy is so important because it, it, you have a representation, you see a representation in a sport and the goal that they're working towards and you feel that, okay, there is a space for me. Like you got to get them while they're young, like, you know, like get them into the sport yes. and going up through the feeder formulas and inspire. And that's what F1 Academy is doing. It's inspiring young girls to mm -hmm. participate. And that's, yeah, the more girls that participate in karting and going up through the formulas, the, the wider the pool will be when we eventually yep. get to the point of having a female mm -hmm. Formula One driver. That's not to say yeah. there haven't been female drivers who are good enough. Right. It's not remotely what we're saying. It's no. the problem starts way before Formula One. Right. Yeah. Especially because there's only so many people that make it to F3. There's only so many people to make it to F2. Yeah. When you are taking that pool of people that in F2 were good enough, you have to have, probability-wise, a high enough number of women that are able to make it to F2 because they've been given the chance in the sponsorships yeah. and all of that to be able to get to the point of F2, to even have a chance at being picked because it's slim pickings for anyone. Yeah, very much so. So we need to have more so that the chance of getting there which means you're exactly right encouraging from a younger age yeah yeah having it just be possible yeah yep. allowing little girls to see female drivers on a screen and be like oh i want to do that yeah not yeah. just watching boys do it yeah yeah I'm... and for Go the ahead. environments to actually be accepting yeah enough exactly so that you yeah. don't have to fight to get in there and then find out I have if if I want to make my dream come true, I have to deal with a load of bullshit. Tackling that, I think the f women yeah. who are working in the Formula One teams are doing a great job representing women, but I think the yeah. Formula One drivers need to be more involved in promoting and highlighting F One Academy. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it should always, as Susie put it, fall to Lewis. Yeah, which it mm -hmm. often does. Yeah. It often does, and that's unfortunate. I, yep. I mean, hats off to him. He's yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Lewis. Yeah, does what he says. Like, I want inclusivity. I want diversity. This sport is for everyone, and he shows that every single time. But the other drivers need to step up. Yeah, massively. Yeah. And we're, the team principals too. We're, yeah, 
we're making progress as a whole at getting women involved in motorsports and Formula One and the feeder formulas. We're we're making progress on the driver side, especially on the um like a side of employees and people working for teams. We're not near where we need to be. Not near done. Not near done. No. If you don't like it, sorry. Leave. Yeah. We'll get them here to stay. We'll get them. It's just going to take time. And everyone tune in for F1 Academy so that, you know, it can continue. Please. Please. We will put a helpful guide on our website for anyone who wants to check on our socials. Yeah. Yeah. So. Alrighty. Last one. Formula Four. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's not one Formula Four competition. (laughs) There's 14. (laughs) <laughs> and Just i don't mean there are 14 up. races i mean there are 14 individual yeah. fia formula 4 competitions it's done by geographical yeah. regions or like countries yeah. except for one where it's geographical region um <laughs> so it started in 2014 um and it's again to take that step from karting into single-seater racing and it's supposed to be an affordable step between karting and everything else, though I would still question how affordable it is. But affordable. Yeah. Um, affordable. <laughs> the the car has been designed to be cost efficient, but still provide like the perfect tool for the drivers to learn who haven't raced those sorts of cars before. Um, yeah, so there's the French F4, the British, Central European, CZ, Chinese, German, Italian, Japanese, Nakam, Southeast Asia, Spain, UAE, where am I? US. US, Indian, and Brazilian. Yes. <laughs> so there are 14. <laughs> yep. And there are potentially going to be... That's, that's- there are potentially going to be more because new regions are like constantly wanting to create their own F4 setups, which is great. It's fantastic. We yeah. want them all over the world. It's great. It makes it's then easier to, if you are in a good enough position, a good enough driver, to take that step then up. That that makes it a yes. lot easier. So again, increasing the pool is what we want here. Yeah. And you can race in multiple ones. Like, you're not, you can't, it's not that if you race in the French one, you can only ever race in the French one. You can, so that's, that's good nice. to Obviously, like we've said, there's other formulas, there's other series, there's yeah. more than just this and single-seater racing. This is that pathway that gets yeah. you, or that could potentially, hopefully, get you to yeah. Formula One from yes. karting. Yeah. Or Formula yeah. E yeah. or IndyCar if that's where you want to go. Yeah. But Whatever you yeah. may choose. Whatever yes. your heart desires. But like these are the feeders too. Yeah. The formula. F1. Yes. F1. So yeah, I hope. Yep. I don't know yeah. if you guys have any more questions about F2 or F3, but. No. I don't. I think we yeah. covered a lot of the. The typically confusing things that I see people asking about or that, like, I think when any of us started watching had questions about. Yeah. I would say you can, on F1 TV, they have the F2 
their version of Drive to Survive, which is called Chasing the Dream. Yes. And I would highly recommend watching that. It's really good. Yes. So you can kind of like get to know who the drivers were well in the previous season. But they release episodes like every other week, like in time for race. So it's not you have to wait till the end of the season to see that season's one. Yeah. It kind of follows as it goes. Yeah. So it's well worth checking out. It kind of lets you get to know drivers while they might still be yeah there exactly it's opposed to with some of these formulas you're not like the the feeder formulas you're not maybe in it as long as you would be for formula one obviously so with formula one if a driver's there you can release an episode at the end of the season and it's still valid if they released at the end of these seasons there are some people that'd be like well they're not even a part of it anymore why am i watching an episode blah blah yeah so i like that they do it the way they do it okay <clears throat> yeah so, so that's an outstanding scenario <laughs> <laughs> moving on Nikita Mazepin the other season okay so yes it has happened I think it would be more common that it would happen with formula yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. yeah though a lot of drivers like obviously only one person yeah. can win each season so a lot of the drivers can stay as so long as they can afford to and the team wants yeah. them so that is every piece of information you possibly could need to know about feeder formulas into formula one hope you enjoyed it i believe there will also be a blog post regarding the feeder formulas coming out Mm -hmm. so please check out our website to read that make sure to like subscribe and share this leave us a fun comment if you have any questions please let us know because we can answer those for you or tendency Oh, specialist will. <laughs> a resident specialist. Yes, <laughs> resident specialist will answer that. I'll do my best. Well, that's all, all folks. Right. See Bye. you in the next one. Bye.